back here to Out of Three Falls here on the Cruise Control Podcast. Download and subscribe to the podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. I'm now joined by Graham Matthews of Bleacher Report. Graham, what's up, my man? How you doing? Doing great, Randy, as always. Ready for TLC on Sunday. Looking forward to it. That's right. Graham Matthews on Twitter at WrestleRant. He's also the host of WrestleRant Radio, so go so go ahead and check that out. Um, you already mentioned it, TLC. Um, you know, we, we just had Survivor Series like last week, and now we have another pay-per-view to, to focus on. So um, we might as well start with that. TLC this Sunday, it is the SmackDown pay-per-view. And... Um, only six matches, which is, you know, I, I guess that's the amount they had for um, what's the backlash and I think some other pay-per-view they had. So they don't have a lot of matches, but uh, the card looks good on paper. You know, we'll see how it turns out. Uh, Callisto, Baron Corbin, chairs match. Who do you got? Mm, for this match, i got to go with Baron Corbin. I think this is probably, needless to say, the least anticipated match on the card. Just because, for one thing, the feud, not that it really came out of nowhere. They have history. They were kind of feuding going into SummerSlam before Kalisto got hurt. Not that really people cared at that point in time anyway. Mm. Um, I mean, the match should be all right. It's just that chairs matches. Not only has the feud really been kind of just there, the chairs match itself is always like no one gives a shit. It's usually the worst match on these TLC pay-per-view shows, lest we forget Big Show versus Mark Henry, Ryback versus Kane, Corbin and Kalisto. I hope they make the most of it, but either way, regardless of how good the match is, I see Baron Corbin going over. Kalisto's good, but Corbin, to me, is a lot more upside at this point in time to be a top heel on SmackDown's roster, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I, I think Baron Corbin should go over, will go over. Um, I like how they've been... You know, kind of, kind of amping up his character the last couple of weeks with him and Daniel Bryan on Talking Smack, and he's the lone wolf, and he does, you know, he feels like he should be like one of the top guys, the main event. You know, feed me some talent. Um, you know, he's the one that cost SmackDown the whole cruiserweight division, and now he has this mini rivalry with Callisto. I think it should be. A pretty decent, interesting match, but um, Corbin should go over, and maybe they try to make Callisto not saying look strong, uh, you know, going to going up against Baron Corbin, but just kind of have some nice offense and use the chairs on him a couple times. But um, I think Baron Corbin should go over in that match. Also on the card, we have Nikki Bella against Carmella. It, it feels like this rivalry, you know, has been going on for. I think longer than anticipated. I think it should end on Sunday in a no DQ match. Um, I got Nikki Bella winning. I, I just don't see Carmella winning in this match. Um, I, I guess when you try to rewind the entire rivalry, like w- what is it that, that Carmella really has against Nikki Bella? And Nikki Bella has done her due diligence of, you know, making Carmella look strong and doing this and doing that, giving her the upper hand. Um, even going back to a, a, a couple of months ago, but I think the rivalry should end on on Sunday. No DQ match. I have Nikki Bella over Carmella at TLC. Who do you got? I think you said it right there. This feud has been going on for months, which I think can be said pretty much about the entire card. I think up and down this card, with the exception of the tag title match, every single one of these feuds has been going on till. No lie, late August is how far these feuds stay back on the SmackDown brand, which is good. They're blowing off a lot of these feuds in gimmick matches, as they should. They're not just you know doing a fresh main event of like AJ Styles and Randy Orton in a TLC match. That would make no sense. Same thing with these women. I thought Nikki Bella and Carmella have had a pretty good feud. They've done a great job of building up Carmella as a top heel next to Alexa Bliss on the SmackDown side of things. Um, I'm going to go with the bold pick and say Carmella wins just because she has gotten the better of Nikki more often than not, a lot like Alexa has with Becky Lynch, which we'll get to soon enough as well. But with Carmella, I feel like she wins here, establishes herself as a threat in the women's title picture, and then with this win here, avenges the loss from the previous match between the two back in No Mercy about a month, almost two months ago at this point. Wow. But, uh, yeah, I think Carmella goes over here, wins the feud, and uh, Nikki Bella, she has been beaten numerous times in tag team matches, battle royals, gauntlets, fatal five ways, all this other shit by Carmella in recent months. 
but she really has nothing to gain. She's already the longest reigning Divas champion of all time. She's been here for almost eight and nine years. I think Carmella with a win here can really benefit. She already lost to No Mercy. She won't die, you know, a death if she loses here. But I do think she scores the victory here by way of several chair shots or whatever it is. But either way, I'm looking forward to it. I think they can make the most of the no DQ stipulation of Charlotte and Sasha from Raw is any indication. I think the, uh, you know, you picking Carmella as like, you know, a sleeper or like a, a shock pick over Nikki Bella. It's kind of like how I feel about the women's championship match between Becky Lynch and, and uh, Alexa Bliss, where part of me wants to say Alexa Bliss is going to win. But then part of me sees SmackDown and sees Becky go through the table. And then later on, they announce, you know, it'll be a tables match for the title. And I'm thinking, like, they won't have Becky go through a table on SmackDown on Tuesday, even even before the, the stipulation was made, and then have her go through a table on Sunday, which kind of feels like Becky goes through a table on, on Tuesday, Alexa goes through a table on Sunday. Um, but, you know, besides all that, I just feel like maybe, you know, it, it could be, I want to say it's that time for Alexa, uh, Alexa to become champion, but I think you know, shocking some people. I, I think most would say Becky is going to win, but then, you know, you could kind of shock the world and have Alexa win that match and um, just kind of showing that she has this mental upper hand on Becky Lynch. And Becky Lynch recently has been kind of fiery, got an attitude, and, you know, in a in a, in a good way. Uh, it's showing that Alexa Bliss is getting under her skin and wants to go out there on Sunday and, and really, you know, kick her ass. But I think Alexa might just have that upper hand to go over on Sunday. Uh, I think it's really 50-50 for me because Becky went through that table on, on Tuesday, and I don't think she'd go through that on Sunday. Right now, I, I would say Alexa just by a little bit. Who do you have, Alexa Bliss or Be- uh, Becky Lynch? No, I feel the same way. I feel like this match is probably, or I guess it would have to be the most unpredictable match in the entire card, which is why I'm looking forward to another feud that I think they've been building up really well for the past couple of months. Alexa Bliss has been killing it. I think she has yeah. got to be the MVP for the women of 2016. I mean, Sasha, Charlotte, Bailey, all of those women were already great a year ago. I think Alexa, from the start of the year to where she is right now, from January of 2016 to December, I think she has been the most improved woman of the entire roster, Raw or SmackDown. Um, and I think that she does deserve a title shot, a title reign at some point. And if it doesn't come on Sunday, it will happen eventually. It's only inevitable. She is just that good um, on the mic as a character. Her in-ring ability has also gotten better as well. Working with Becky, that's no surprise because she's fucking great. Um, but no, I feel the same exact way. I could very well see either woman winning here. I'm going to go with Becky just because, like I said, I went with Carmella. So I feel like they will set up Becky and Carmella. This has got to be the end of the feud. I mean, I guess they could do more matches, but and uh, Becky was out for a period of time. So I guess they could get away with furthering the feud beyond TLC, which I guess would be okay. But um, in terms of this match, I'm going to go with Becky. I didn't even think about what you were saying in regards to her going to it through a table on Tuesday, which means she might not go through it on Sunday. I wasn't even thinking that, but you make a great point there. Um, but I was already thinking Becky retains anyway to set up Becky and Carmella. Um, I'd be very happy if Alexa won. I just think Becky retains here, and then she runs through uh, Carmella as her next feud before even Marie eventually gets back, and they feud over the title, probably going into WrestleMania or something. Now, would you have preferred a a ladder match for the for the women's title for on SmackDown, or do you think tables matches, you know, kind of you know justifiable for for the pay per view? Yeah, I mean, I would have preferred a ladder match just because we have seen a women's table match before exactly at this same event six years ago. We had a women's tag team match, which was actually a pretty good tag team women's tables match. Mm. Um, we've already seen this before. Not to say this won't be good it's because it should be pretty good. The feet's been great. Um, but we have never seen on the main roster anyway with the women in WWE a ladder match, which I think would be great, which I think they missed the ball with with Sasha and, and Charlotte, and they likely would have had a ladder match had they not had the whole fucking Hell in a Cell pay-per-view that we've talked about a million times, the fact that they had to have a Hell in a Cell or whatever. But uh, same thing with the women. I mean, it would have been great for them to have the ladder match. They usually do one of each, chairs match, ladder match, tables, and TLC. But like I said weeks ago, it just made the most sense to do Ziggler and Miz 
in that environment, in that match, as opposed to table. So uh, maybe another time, maybe at some other point, maybe not this feud, but maybe Becky and Sasha at some point. Or The women will have a ladder match eventually. We saw Falls kind of anywhere this week, Hell in the Cell a month and a half ago. So it's only a matter of time. But uh, I feel like, not that it's a missed opportunity, but it would have been cool, though. You know, it's so funny. You just mentioned TLC from 2010, and I wanted to kind of remind myself, hey, what, what match is he talking about with a, a women's tag team in a tables match? And for those who don't know, because like me, I did not know, Natalia, Beth, Natalia and Beth Phoenix defeated Layla and Michelle McCool in a fucking tables match at TLC 2010. Indeed, indeed. And only one of those women is still here, which is even crazier. Natalia. <laughs> <laughs> Natalia, exactly. Who people um, still could not care less about, unfortunately. But I think, you know, just just to kind of wrap around the whole fee, uh, women's title, I, I think, um, you know, because you're trying, everybody tries to over overthink and trying to book ahead of time. Like, okay, if Becky wins, um, the next pay-per-view is the Royal Rumble. And you're trying to figure out if Becky does go over Alexa, who does she defend the title against at the Royal Rumble or if Carmella or Nikki Bella wins do any of those become the next number one contender or is there somebody else you, you mentioned Eva Marie she's been suspended for or quote unquote suspended since since uh, SummerSlam so we haven't seen her in, in four or five months um, if I think if Alexa wins I think Becky would get her rematch um, if Becky were, were to win Depending on the Nikki Bella Carmella match, who do you who do you think comes up and rises up to be that next challenger for for Becky Lynch? Like I said, Carmella. That's why I feel like she's going to beat Nikki Bella, just because I feel like if um, if Alexa wins, they're not going to do the rematch at the Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble, I think, is maybe eight weeks out, seven weeks out from Sunday. It's a while to go until wow. the uh, next dual-branded pay-per-view, so they're not going to wait another eight more weeks in order to do a rematch. They'd probably do it on SmackDown, and then they would do Alexa probably versus Nikki if Nikki wins the ODQ match, but if it's the other way around, like I feel like it will be with Carmella beating Nikki and then Becky beating Alexa, um, I think Becky and Carmella makes the most sense, and like I said, I don't see Carmella winning the They're not going to give the belt to Alexa. They're not going to give it to Carmella. Carmella's She's getting better, too, but she's not quite as good as Alexa. And I still think they do have their sights set on a Becky and Eva Marie feed, which was initially teased before Eva got suspended many months ago. Right. So they can go back to that route. The match would probably suck. I mean, as good as Becky is, I mean, Eva's just no good. But it, I'm just thinking from their standpoint what they probably want to do when Eva gets back, which at what point that happens, I have no idea. She was supposed to be back two months ago, and she's still not back yet, so I don't know. But um, I do think that Alexa... Loses Sunday, and then it's Becky and Carmella. Maybe not at the Rumble, but that's the next feud period before they go into Becky and uh, Eva Marie at some point. Now, also on the card with, with no stipulations, just a basic tag match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Um, Heath Slater, Rhino against the Wyatt family of Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. Something I'm very happy about because Bray Wyatt might finally win his first ever title in the WWE, and uh, it, it took so long for him to get here. Um, I'm hoping that him and, and, and Randy uh, win the match. Um, I, I think it's, you know, for me, um, you know, ever since Slater and Rhino won the tag team championship, I could be wrong, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but they haven't been utilized as, as properly or as much since then. You know, I know they, they did the, the tag team title match at No Mercy, but they haven't been they haven't been really on TV like that ever since Slater was trying to get that contract and uh, needed Rhino for for a, a tag team partner. Ever since then, um, it's been it's been kind of quiet for Slater and Rhino. Um, not too sure if that's a good or a bad thing, but I think if you're trying to take them and have them defend their titles against Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, I think the tag team titles on them. Um, could be better off, you know, no, you know, nothing against Slater or Rhino, but I think right now is the prime position and prime spot. Bray Wyatt, he's, he's, you know, on up and coming, um, still, still a tweener with the fans, you know, they cheer him, they boo him, same thing with, with, with uh, Randy Orton. So you just don't know which direction the fans are going to go. And I think putting the tag team uh, belts on them, 
um, could really do some damage uh, for them and the Wyatt family. Uh, I, I got the Wyatts uh, winning on Sunday. Who do you got? Yeah, I have the Wyatts as well. I mean, it's pretty crazy to think about, like you said, if Wyatt wins Sunday, which I think he does, it would mark not only his first championship as Bray Wyatt. I mean, I think, period, even as Husky Harris, he never held gold in WWE. But um, in the three and a half years he's been on the main roster, and it might be wrong, on TV anyway, the guy has only gotten one fucking title shot. And I think that was Money in the Bank 2014 when he went for the world title in that fucking ladder match. Other than that, yeah. he has not even challenged for a championship, which blows my mind considering how good he is. Um, but that's got to change Sunday. I mean, he's going to be cha- he's going to be challenging for a title on Sunday, so it's got to change there. Bray Wyatt, new tag team champion. I like the new Orton and Wyatt dynamic. I don't love it, but it's way better than that hocus pocus bullshit. Whatever the fuck that was a couple months ago, that was just terrible. This uh-huh. is a lot better. I don't know where they're going with it. Uh, maybe they turn Wyatt face and they officially turn Orton heel at some point, and then they're teasing something with Harper in there too. So I don't know where they're going, but I'm kind of intrigued. Either way, though, as you said, Slater and Rhino have not really been on TV as much in recent months. I know they did that thing with the Spirit Squad for a few weeks, but that was in, like, mid-October. That was a month and a half ago. So I don't, I couldn't even tell you the last time they wrestled on SmackDown other than yeah. Survivor Series. So I, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. But um, as you said, i got to go Slater and Rhino losing here. New tag team champions in the form of Orton and Wyatt, and hopefully American Alpha is a team to beat them down the line so they can win their first SmackDown tag team titles as well. I, you know what? I think James Ellsworth took Heath Slater's spot in that, you know, that whole thing, trying to come up and get a contract and, and get the fans behind you. Once James Ellsworth got on TV, you know, you don't hear shit about Heath Slater. He's just a regular dude now. You're right. I think it was right around the same time that James Ellsworth came into the company that Slater and Rhino was really have been taking a back seat. So you're absolutely right. The timing would line up. The uh, timeline would line up. Yeah, I, I think if the Wyatts win, they might they might tease a breakup with Rhino and Slater. I, I just I don't know if they're gonna stay together that long. Um, but I think it's, it's really unfortunate that they they were riding that wave of Slater for for a hot minute, and then they win the belts, great. They defend the belts at no mercy. Um, you know they go into Survivor Series as tag team champions, but they haven't really been doing much, and it's like. You know, not just them, like you know, Apollo Crews. There's been a lot of people that have not been utilized recently on SmackDown, and you kind of get to, you know, see the same people over and over. If you see Kane and not Apollo Crews or Slater or Rhino, I think that's a big fucking problem. But I, I, that's why I just feel like if they were to win on Sunday, I then I, I don't know because I, that'll probably lead me lead for me to think that Orton's gonna turn on Bray and say F this whole Wyatt family stuff, but I think him and Bray as champions together could be very interesting. Um, I really hope they don't turn on each other. I really want to see how long they can be uh, together for. Maybe show a a jealous dynamic with with Luke Harper. Maybe he just doesn't trust Randy Orton 100% and tries to tell Bray, listen, man, you know, think, think however you want of Randy Orton, but I just don't trust this guy and him. Luke Harper could be the, the the odd man out down the road, but right now they they're all on the same page. They go into um to TLC. I think they win the tag team championship, and I think w- when they win it, I think they're gonna hold the belts for for quite a long time. And I and I see what they're doing with the, with the American Alpha. Every time uh, Alpha has that that title shot or that that one that number one contendership, they always lose uh, with the injury. That the Usos costed him, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton all of a sudden um, being inserted into this whole tag team title um, confrontation, and it's like every time they're right there, they get dropped down. And I think they're trying to build that up that maybe at a WrestleMania, the American Alpha does this big triumphant win over over every obstacle and finally becomes tag team champions. I'd love to see that. I was thinking that exact same thing. The American Alpha can beat Slater, or rather, uh, Y and Orton for the belts, but I think you said it even better, and then having it do it, no better place to do it than at WrestleMania. Um, there's no other babyface tag teams on SmackDown that make the most sense to me to put the belts on after Y and Orton. So, yeah, no, I think that'd be a great feud going to WrestleMania. It'd beat the hell out of doing like, a title change before then, and then doing Y and Orton at WrestleMania, and they're after their No Mercy match, which bored me to tears. I mean, it was all right, but it wasn't great by any means. 
Um, and I just do not want to see a rematch at WrestleMania by any stretch. So I feel like that'd be the best way to go. It would get Bray Wyatt a WrestleMania match this year as opposed to uh, this past year, which was ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, no, I think that would be something that I would love to see at WrestleMania 33 next year. Speaking speaking of a rematch, we have The Miz and Dolph Ziggler for the 19th time. This time it'll be in a, in a ladder match for, you guessed it, the Intercontinental Championship. Um I really don't know which way they're going to go because Miz just got the belt from Dolph a few weeks ago. Um, they've been having, this is another rivalry that's been going on for months. I think even going back till um, September. Um, I, 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 maybe Dolph? I, I really don't know because I'm trying to think like, all right, if Miz loses... He's not gonna he, he he's not gonna go back at Dolph for the title again. I'm thinking if the Miz loses, he might get bumped up to that to that world championship scene. And if Dolph Ziggler doesn't win, what the fuck do you do with him? Like it just it's very it's very uh but I, I like it because you just don't know which way they're gonna go. Uh we seen Dolph put his career on the line before. He he got that over with, he won. Miz got it back. Now Dolph wants the belt back. Um, I I mean I like the rivalry, but I just want to see how it's gonna end and what do you do with the guy who loses, uh, going forward. Um, at at this time, man, I really don't know. I, I would like to see Dolph, but you know how I feel about the Miz. I think the Miz is a great character. Talk about, you know, you mentioned Alexa Bliss being MVP of 2016. The Miz has to be right up there. I think he was carrying SmackDown for for a hot minute, you know, alongside AJ Styles. Um, just a great character that. I don't want to get lost in a shuffle. Does it mean one gets traded to Raw because they've been losing so many times on SmackDown? Or Miz is fed up with Daniel Bryan. He wants to go to SmackDown. We see how Sami Zayn acts on Raw. He might want to go to SmackDown. Um, which way do you have it? Because right now, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I mean, I know Miz is winning just because putting the belt right back on Ziggler, to me, would make no sense. It's a lot like with Charlotte and Sasha and the fact they changed that title. Literally, no exaggeration, five times in the past three to four months. Mm. Uh, Miz regaining the belt, to me, made the most sense. I mean, as I told you months ago, if Ziggler wins the belt in No Mercy, which he did, and then Miz regains it down the line, what, it, what, what purpose does that serve? I mean, Mer, Miz is a lot better in that champion role than Ziggler is, in my opinion. But at the same time, Ziggler was so desperate to get that belt back, he put his career on the line. Yeah. So now that he doesn't have the championship anymore, does he still want to leave? Like, I'm not sure what they do with him. And I'm not even sure that he really cared, just because I feel like Miz, there's a lot more invested in him. He's a lot better in that champion role than Ziggler is. And he's got a lot more potential challengers. I mean, when Shelton Benjamin comes back, which should hopefully be in the next couple months, and I think there are still plans to bring him back to SmackDown. You could do Miz and Benjamin. You could do Miz and Kalisto at some point. Now that Kalisto's back. But Ziggler, it's like the same thing I said a couple months ago. Like, who do you even put him up against? Like, Kurt Hawkins means nothing. We've already seen him and Baron Corbin a million times. Putting that belt on Baron Corbin would be cool at some point, but I don't want to see another series of matches between Ziggler and Corbin or at least not anytime soon. Um, but we'll, what we do know for certain is that Daniel Bryan did say this is the final face-off between Ziggler and Miz. No more rematches, regardless of who wins. This is it. I got Miz winning. Where you go with Ziggler, I have no idea. Back to the main event scene, I doubt it just because I see Cena or Taker or Orton or Wyatt getting a title shot ahead of Dolph Ziggler. And Ziggler's likely leaving by next year anyway, so... Um, I don't know where you go with either one of these guys, but I know for a fact that Miz retains the title here. And, I mean, Ziggler, you got to look at his history, too. I was thinking about this before. He is 3-0. I don't know about 3 Yes, 3-0 and in ladder matches at this pay-per-view. 2010, he retained his IC title against Kofi Kingston and Jack Swagger. 2012, he won a ladder match with John Cena. And then two years ago, he beat Luke Harper, also won a ladder match, for the IC Championship. So he has history at the pay-per-view and with the title at this exact same event. History is on his side, but still I see Miz coming out still the Intercontinental Champion. I made a joke on Tuesday. That, did you, uh, do you recall the, 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 the tights that Dolph Ziggler had on on Tuesday? The black and like this um, aqua blue looking thing? Joan, what would they, did they say anything on him no, or just the color? No, the joke I made is that you know, if you go back, I said uh, Dolph Ziggler has on um, 
the tights that Shawn Michaels wore from SummerSlam 95. <laughs> I mean, she's just no coincidence. She's such a Shawn Michaels wannabe. Yeah, and people was like, people were laughing, and I had to go back on the network just to kind of make sure. So that it was a, it was the ladder match where he, the, the, the second ladder match he had with 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 Razor at SummerSlam '95, and he was a good guy. He had, I remember the black and the aqua blue, and and the white boots and Dolph on Tuesday, white boots, black and aqua blue tights. I'm like, yeah, he looking like Sean from <laughs> SummerSlam '95. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't think uh, many people caught that, but I was like, he just kind of, like you said, he, he, you know, he just he just reminds everybody of he's like a, you know Shawn Michaels two point so I'm not really too too much uh, mad about that. Um, also on TLC we have, oh yeah, uh, the main event AJ Styles Dean Ambrose the TLC match for the WWE World Championship. Um, I got AJ Styles in this match. I'm pretty sure Ellsworth is gonna get involved somehow, some way. Um, I like Dean Ambrose, but I'm not too much of a fan of Dean Ambrose. I think, you know, just the kind of character of him being the the jokester and doing this, doing that, it just just doesn't fall right with me. And then AJ kind of falls into that because that's what he has to do with this whole Ellsworth uh, thing. I got AJ winning. Uh, I, I I don't think Dean Ambrose is going to win. There's no way he should win. AJ all the way. Who do you have? AJ, Dean Ambrose, TLC match. AJ winning as well. I mean, I think Ambrose regaining the gold here at this point would be just a waste. I mean, yeah. AJ would, re, would be remembered as a failure of a champion if he lost on Sunday just because he's already lost to Ellsworth three times. He's lost Ambrose uh, a handful of times as well. It would make no sense for him to drop the belt. And there's just a lot more potential possibilities with Styles as champion right now over Ambrose. I mean, you got what we, we've been talking about for weeks with Undertaker, John Cena, Randy Orton down the line, a lot of Bray Wyatt, a lot of potential fresh matchups for Styles as world champion. With Ambrose, we've already seen it. He's already beaten Dolph Ziggler. He's already had this feud with AJ. There's not many top heels. I mean, Baron Corbin maybe, but that's a bit of a stretch right now. The whole Team Ellsworth thing, when we first started talking about it, it was fine. It was cute comedy, whatever. Yeah. At this point, it's been way overdone. But the fact they've had three fucking matches, a fourth, too, because the guy is owed a world title match, and he's just, he's a jobber. I mean, he's not that good. I mean, he's, he's entertaining in the role that he's been given. But as a wrestler, it's not like he's a, you know, he's a superstar in the ring. So I don't see, I mean, it has a very short shelf life is what I'm saying. But regardless... AJ has got to win with Ambrose. As you said, I'm a big Ambrose fan. And people have been saying this for years, and that his long-term outlook, his long-term, the, the, the role that he will thrive in long-term will be as a heel. And they didn't right. turn him a couple of years ago just because he's always been popular. But that popularity is waning thin, especially with Ambrose, just because all the cute comedy is kind of like falling flat with a lot of people at this point. And I thought he was going to turn heel after No Mercy, the few to Cena, but Cena took off. And I guess they could still go in that direction when Cena comes back after Christmas, which I hope they do before WrestleMania or in time for WrestleMania. But anyway, they gotta just they gotta cut this Ellsworth thing short soon. And they had Styles beat the shit out of Montuz. They hope that means Ellsworth is nowhere to be seen at TLC. Then Styles finally wins decisively over Ambrose, still the world champion. Okay, so just to recap, we both have AJ, you have Becky, I have Alexa, you you have the Miz. I'll go Dolph just to be different. You have Carmella. I have Nikki Bella. We both have Baron Corbin. And we both have the Wyatts winning the Tag Team Championship for TLC on Sunday for those who hear this. And I guess you kind of recap and tally up who, who wins um, the matchups on Sunday. So, I you know, it should be very interesting. Um, I know we got Roadblock coming up in, in about um, two weeks after Sunday. So, um I think we already have, we're trying to transition now to, to Raw and, you know, that brand. Um, it's going to be Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens for the world title, the world title, the universal title um, at Roadblock, which something that we talked about weeks ago that we, we saw online that that was going to be the main event. Um, more than likely, Seth Rollins and Chris Jericho will be on the card. More than likely, the, the, the New Day defending their tag team championships. Still on that tag team title 
uh, Rain trying to break uh, Demolition's record, which I think we all agree that they are going to um, break that record. Um, and also, maybe another rematch between Sasha and Charlotte. I have no idea. Sasha Banks is now the new uh, women's champion for Raw, defeating Charlotte on Raw on Monday um, in Charlotte's hometown. Um, what do you make of the back and forth with the the world the world title? Here we go with the fucking world title. The Raw Women's title going back and forth with Sasha and Charlotte. Are you a fan of it? Are you in the middle? Or you don't like it? Or as long as they're giving you compelling matches, compelling storylines and TV, you really don't care if the belt switches from time to time. Well, that's the thing right there. I mean, they've been having great matches, so it's hard to complain, but I'm going to complain anyway just because I'm not a fan of the constant title changes. I've never been a fan. With whatever title they've done it with, with women's title, the IC title, I know they did it with uh, that title a bunch of times a couple of years ago, the whole game of hot potato, which I know worked in the Attitude Era, but yeah. they all didn't go back between the same two fucking people in the Attitude Era for literally four months. I mean, you can argue Rock and Stone Cold traded the title back and forth, but not over the course of like four or five fucking months. And I could see the story they're going with, oh, Charlotte beat Banks in her hometown as she repaid the favor and she won the belt back in Charlotte. Again, Charlotte, I get it. But it's like, but nothing ever gets accomplished. I mean, it's the same story that we've had for three fucking months. Banks can only win on Raw and Charlotte can only win on pay-per-view. If Banks finally wins a roadblock over Charlotte, who knows if they're doing another match? I mean, they said on Raw, this is it. But I doubt it is. I mean, Charlotte's sort of rematch. What the fuck do you do? Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, if, if Sasha beats Charlotte one-on-one at Roadblock, then maybe I'll change my tune. But for right now, both of them, in the matter of three or four months, like since WrestleMania, that's this year, both of them are three-time women's champions. And it's ridiculous. I mean, like you said, the matches are great, so it's really hard to complain because their matches are always really good. I thought it was awesome. They closed out the show. The crowd is hot for it. But for me, it's not like when Sasha won, I wasn't like, oh, shit, like, that's great. I had the same reaction when Charlotte won at Hell in a Cell. It's like, okay, like, we've already seen this. We've seen this before. You can have another match. The feud's still not ending. Even Emma went on Twitter and said, end this shit already. Not exactly those words, but she's like, just end it already. And I could not agree more. It's like, just move on. It does not make the rest of the women look good in this division because they're not doing anything. Bailey, Nia Jax. Alicia Fox, they all look like schmucks because the belt keeps on getting traded back between the two same women, the same two women. So, I don't know. Again, I want to say, I want to reiterate, the match was awesome. Mm-hmm. The booking of the title going back and forth, to me, it feels like hot shot booking. It does not feel like it was a long-term plan from the get-go. And you know what? Um, I'm pretty sure that this might have happened more recent than, 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 than before, but to your point about you know, any title going back, back and forth, same two people within a three, four month span. The only one I can recall, you mentioned Rock and Stone Cold, but the Rock and Mankind. Rock and Mankind, yep. From like November 98 to February of 99. And I think that was done on purpose because Stone Cold was out with the injury and mm-hmm. um, he was off TV. So I guess they needed they needed Mankind and The Rock to main event those pay-per-views. And The Rock won at Survivor Series. Then Mankind in, in December at Rock Bottom. The Rock at Royal Rumble. And I think... Um, no, I'm sorry. Then, 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 then Mankind won it on Raw. Um, the whole thing with, with Nitro and Tony Schiavone. He won it on, on, that, on that Raw. Then the Rock, at, the Rock at the Rumble. I'm not sure. I think he defended it. Correctly in February, uh, at the thing uh, same at time he right, not was that for the belt? I think it was for the belt, and I think that's where Foley won it back. Yeah, and then Rock won it back. I think on Raw after no, no way out. Then, then, I think, then I think whatever that, or whatever the Valentine's Day match. Right, was. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. So look, you had like four or five title changes, and again, this is this is back in 1999. Nobody gave a shit. Like, oh, come on, the, the Rock is in the Mankind. Nowadays, you know, you know, you're watching great matches with Sasha and Charlotte. I, I me, I really, I, I really don't care of the, of the back and forth, but as long as you make it consistent, where it makes sense, and you're not just is is not just Charlotte and Sasha at the top 
with a big underline and everybody's Bailey's and your you know Nia Jax and everybody's right underneath it have no chance at the, the at the title because it's gonna go back and forth with Sasha and Charlotte. They always put on great matches. I think when Sasha lost in Boston, you just kinda knew when that Charlotte was gonna lose her belt in her hometown. It just made sense. But then you Roblox is coming up. I'm pretty sure it's going to be one more match. Uh, I, I doubt they put somebody else in for now. Um, you also have that Ric Flair factor, him coming out and uh, raising Sasha's hand at the end. And again, it makes the fan wonder, hmm, what's that about? Then Charlotte's going to find out Flair, her dad, rose up. Sasha banks his hand. And is Flair just messing around with Sasha? Is Flair going to be back with Charlotte? You know, there's so many storylines and, and things to, to talk about, but what did you make of Ric Flair coming out? I know Sasha said she dedicated the match to Ric Flair or something like that, but him actually being there, coming out, raising her hand, and after all the shit they were going through back in, the, um, in that time when she was going at Charlotte, uh, what, do you, what do you make of that? You make a good point. I didn't even really think about that and the fact that, you know, it was it was Ric Flair who cost her the championship at WrestleMania many weeks and many months ago. Exactly. And Banks was in the verge of winning the belt, and then Ric Flair pulled her out of the ring, and that was it. I mean, I know, like, Ric Flair, like, quote-unquote turned face when Charlotte kicked him to the curb many months ago. Yeah. But I guess that kind of makes sense. They were in his hometown, so they're going to cheer him anyway. Um, I'm not, I mean, I guess that is a small touch that is kind of annoying, but to me, I didn't really even think about that. I thought it was just a cool moment for him to endorse, one of the greatest of all time, to endorse the new champion. I was fine with it, but I can see why people would nitpick and say, like, oh, that makes no sense. They hated each other. But, you know, a Ric Flair turned face since since, I kind of see why it makes sense. Um, but, and not really, it doesn't really make sense, but just from a storyline standpoint, but it is a cool endorsement of the new champion, nevertheless. Yeah, so do you think we finally get, I mean, not finally, we, do you think we get another match between Sasha and Charlotte for the belt at Roblox? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I have no idea where they're going with this at this point. Like I said, I just feel like it's, I feel like they don't even know where they're going with this. I feel like, I don't know, I mean, this goes all the way back to their first title match many months ago. I mean, the the, the plan was to have Charlotte lose it to Sasha at, at SummerSlam. I mean, they, they were going to have Sasha win at fucking WrestleMania. And they delayed it until SummerSlam. So they've been changing plans with these two for pretty much all year. Um, they've been going back and forth. They would have one person win, and then they would reschedule the outcome, and it would be the other person. So I, I don't even know at this point. I mean, I thought, as I told you last week, I thought Charlotte would retain, and they would do Charlotte and Bailey, which they were setting up at Survivor Series, mm. and then do Sasha and Nia Jax. But at this point, who fucking knows? I don't even know if I bring myself to care anymore. As long as the ending outcome and all of this, I don't know where they go, a roadblock, I imagine – but we've already seen a triple threat with Charlotte and Sasha and Bailey, so I don't fucking know. But as long as the ending outcome is Sasha and Bailey with Sasha as a heel at WrestleMania 33, that to me is the only thing that matters because that's the match that needs to happen at WrestleMania next year. Yeah, and I, and I'm you know you would think that people who fight for a championship or who fight in a Hell in a Cell match, you would think after that your rivalry is over with, but. In this, in yeah, this, exactly. Yeah, in this case, no, you're going to fight Hell in a Cell. And you know what? This rivalry still is so not over that Hell in a Cell can't contain your rivalry. So we got to do a false Count Anywhere match. And then, you know, oh, we have a match and it's going to get restarted. And then it's going to be false Count Anywhere. And by the way, you're going to have another rematch at Roblox. My thing is, what kind of match do you make it? It can't be. It can't be a regular one-on-one match. Like what? Mm-hmm. Aside from Hell in a Cell, what other finality match do these females have to go through to be like, you know what? All right, after this match, you're taking a break from each other. We we, we got to get Bailey involved. We got to get Nia Jax involved. We got to get others involved. Like, do they do like a freaking last woman standing match? Do they do an, a, an Iron Woman match to really just kind of pause this whole rivalry? At this point, they'd have to. I mean, like you said right there, I mean, people were saying before Raw this past week, because obviously the Falls Cone Anywhere stipulation was added that night. Like, going into the show, people were thinking, 
how the hell can they possibly top themselves? I mean, they just closed out a pay-per-view, for God's sake. Yeah. Inside the hell in the cell. You can't get much more finality than that. And a Raw. And then they closed that Raw, and it falls to an anywhere match. Like, that, that's fine. Like, that's that. I could see why that makes sense. But then, if you're not going to have them close that roadblock, then it's like you're moving backwards. You closed out a pay-per-view inside the hell in the cell. I mean, you said a month ago, like, let's have them blow off the hell in the cell. Let's have them, you know, let's blow off the feet inside hell in the cell. And then we'll do another match right after. I mean, look at Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. They had a Hell in a Cell match. And they had a rematch last week on fucking Raw. So it just, it just makes the cell, the values of cell that much more. But if you're going to do a stipulation match, which I feel like they have to at this point, when you go from Hell in a Cell to Falls Count Anywhere, they have to do another stipulation match. I would make it, if not, it can't be a ladder match. You have TLC this Sunday. But um, last woman standing, if you're going to do a step match, that would be the best one for him, I think. Yeah, you know, you know, real quick before I change the subject, I think maybe they can kind of. I know Charlotte's been undefeated in one-on-one matches on a pay-per-view, and she's she's lost some tag matches. Maybe they can just to kind of protect that. You know, I, I guess they will have two weeks to get it done. But like you, if you would include a Bailey and a Nia Jax and do like you know their favorite match, a, a fatal four-way match at Roadblock, and you you kind of involve some other females into this match where Sasha can win, but Charlotte would lose, but she did not lose a one-on-one match. And then like they, they can do one more, um, big time match, you know, at the rumble. I would say if there's going to be a rematch, I would say do it at, on a bigger stage like the Royal rumble, as opposed to roadblock, because then, then, you know, if you, if you do that at roadblock so quick, then it's like, what do you do at the rumble? I think you could do a fatal four way at roadblock. Sasha wins. And then you could do whatever you want at the Rumble. I, you know, I have no idea. <laughs> no, no, I like that idea. Just because in that scenario, Charlotte's streak is still intact, whatever. You don't have to get her pinned. And um, maybe she pins Bailey or whoever. And then Nia Jax does not get pinned. So they set up Sasha and Nia Jax for the Rumble. And then you can move into Sasha and Bailey at WrestleMania. And then you could do Charlotte and uh, Charlotte and Bailey at the Rumble, too. I mean, the show's going to be four hours long, I think, so they have enough time to do two women's matches, or three if they want to. And then Bailey beats Charlotte in a number one contenders match or whatever to prove herself, finally breaks the streak, and then they do Charlotte and Sasha at WrestleMania. So, yeah, I think a four-way at this point, they have they have a couple weeks, and then they have two two more Raws before the pay-per-view. They could, I mean, they already kind of set it up. I mean, they did do a tag team match a couple weeks ago. Mm. I think it was last Monday with uh, Bailey and Sasha against Charlotte and Nia. So they are kind of involved in the title picture. Bailey has their issues with Charlotte. Nia Jax is there, too. So they could do it if they want to, and that, that's what I would do. I would go with what you said. We'd do a fatal four-way roadblock as opposed to another one-on-one rematch. Yeah, I can even see, you know, Bailey saying, hey, you know, uh, you know, don't forget about me. You know, I was a slow survivor at Survivor Series. You know, and, and Nia Jax would be like, well, you know, I was dominating at Survivor Series. Okay, you know, do your promo with Sasha and Charlotte in the ring. Them four, you know what? Mick Foley comes out and does his whole shtick and say fatal four-way at Roadblock. But, you know, that's why me and you don't get paid to become writers for the for the show. <laughs> exactly. Um, real quick, speaking of the Royal Rumble, Brock Lesnar will be in the Royal Rumble match. I think we all kind of um, anticipated that. Goldberg is also in the Royal Rumble match. Paul Heyman had the promo on Monday. He look, he, you know, he's growing a beard, goatee. He looks very, he looks very upset, distraught. Uh, says Brock, you know, not knowing what Brock is capable of in this kind of state of mind. You just, you just don't know. Brock will be in the Rumble. I don't think he wins it. I don't think Goldberg wins it. Um, but the way Paul Heyman was saying it, it, you know, he made it very compelling. Like you just don't know what Brock is. Is gonna do it because they both, he said they both underestimated Goldberg, you know, uh, beating him in a minute and a half. Um, what did you take of the promo by, by Paul Heyman, which he, he always does great promos, but you know, showing a little emotional side, um, you know, with the tears and just him being looking destroyed and really upset. Um, what do you take about Brock being in the Rumble and how does this whole thing play out? I mean, like you said, it wasn't not only what he said was great, it was how he presented himself. It's that little, the little things that make the biggest difference, as I always say. And with Heyman, he knows that. So the bloodshot eyes and he's unshaven. Like, we only see that side of Heyman coming off a big loss of one of his clients or himself or whoever. 
Like, he knows he's in trouble. And um, I thought it was great. I thought it was one of the highlights of Raw on Monday. I would have kept him quiet until the Rumble, but the approach they took instead by having Heyman do the interview, which was great, and then also um, announced Lesnar for the Rumble this far in advance. Makes sense. I'm fine with that. I think it's actually pretty cool just because they do want to sell as many tickets as they can for the Rumble and the Alamo Dome, so I'm totally fine with that. In terms of where this goes, I'm going to stay with. I'm going to stick with what I said originally, and that neither guy should win, especially not Goldberg. Um, I don't think this is leading to a title, a world title match between the two at WrestleMania. It'd be a total waste of the Universal Championship. You can do the rematch at WrestleMania. You know they got to do a rematch at some point. They're not going to blow it off a fucking fast lane or whatever, or elimination chamber. I doubt it. Um, but at least they're both in the match. At least you're not going to have Goldberg in the match, and then Lesnar runs in and throws him out a la 2004. At least you have an extended period of time where they're both in the match together, which is great. They're switching it up a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I don't think either guy wins. I mean, I guess there's a chance. There's always a chance. There's a chance of Zack Ryder winning. That not, not, doesn't mean it's going to happen. But, um, no, yeah, I think that that's the, the route they're going in with both guys in the Rumble. They interact. They throw each other out building to one final match at WrestleMania 33. Oh, yeah, I think it's the same thing. They're going to they're gonna be in it. They're going to have the, the stare down, and they're going to – one is going to cost the other the, the right to go to WrestleMania. Um, I know that the, the Chamber pay-per-view is the following month. We don't know if that's going to be a Raw or SmackDown uh, pay-per-view or cross-branded, but um, even if that – even like Brock was to win the Rumble and Goldberg can't – he can't get his way into WrestleMania because – the chamber match won't allow him to, or the fact that Brock still has to challenge the the champion at WrestleMania. Um, I just think we're all we're all down this path of Brock Goldberg three at WrestleMania and Brock getting over the hump uh, of Goldberg uh, at WrestleMania. But you know, kudos to Paul Heyman to really making people you know at home feel like Brock is really fucked up you know mentally and can't can't just can't function can't eat can't sleep and you know you know or, you know you know like you said having a chip on his shoulder um you know maybe we'll see a new Brock Lesnar at the rumble it just be you know still had that beast mentality but now he's like you know what I've been playing it too cool for so long and now I'm gonna, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck you up now, <laughs> like like for real. It's over, Gober. You're getting my nerves. <laughs> you gotta get out of here. But um, uh, I mean, I can't wait. I think it'll be great at the Rumble. So you know, we'll see how that plays out. Um, let's see what we've got here. Um, oh yeah, do you think we'll get a KO Y2J breakup before the Rumble? I know they were teasing it um backstage when. KO told Y2J to shut up during the promo, and do you think this, this is another rib, or do you feel like now it's the beginning of something where um, they could split and then have like that big rumble match um, for the world title, the universal title? Jesus. <laughs> no, yeah, dude, I do think this is the official start of the split, not just them ribbing us or you know just faking it or whatever. They're just in cahoots this entire time. I do think this is the planting of the seeds for a split between uh, Jericho and Kevin Owens. And, I mean, I, I you know, RJ said it himself. He pitched it to me last week, and I thought the idea of it was great. I know why they wouldn't hold off to WrestleMania, because I don't know how long Jericho's going to be around for. I heard early 2017, so that would mean that would, I, I guess, um, disqualify him for a match at WrestleMania. But I feel like a match that good for a feud that's been building for so many months I feel like it would be better placed at WrestleMania because if you do do the feud of the Rumble, and it's going to be great regardless of where it happens, what do you do with Owens? And I've said before, maybe Owens Lesnar, but that's not happening now with Lesnar busy with Goldberg. There's no other obvious match for uh, for Owens. So unless they have Balor come back and he wins the Rumble and you do Balor and Owens the World Title, they see now I'm calling the World Title the Universal Title at WrestleMania. I guess you could do that. Um, so that'd be fine, but I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it, it does look like the fact that they're starting the seed, they're planting the seed now in late November, early December, as opposed to after the Rumble, does tell me they're going to do that match, hopefully at the Rumble. Um, I mean, they have to do the match toward, before Jericho leaves, no doubt about it, but I would save it for WrestleMania, but it does look likely for the Royal Rumble in January. Yeah, I, I think... Um... You know, these two guys, when they get in the ring together on the microphone, 
Um, they they have been very big time compelling television um, recently, and you know Jericho was just you know just a man on on the microphone. He 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 actually saved Kevin Owens on Monday, and Kevin Owens messed up a line or two. And then Jericho was like, hey, just know that English is your second language. You know, don't worry about that. And kind of covered up for Kevin Owens. But I think um, the split should be coming soon because it is WrestleMania time. And I think this is is the time where you start planning out your matches, your feuds, and your storylines heading into, I think, March, April, whatever it is this year. So I think Jericho and Rollins at Roadblock – Maybe Jericho wins that match, and then Kevin Owens wins his match and, and Reigns. I think KO wins over Reigns. I sure hope so. Um, yeah. And then Jericho can maybe get that W over Seth Rollins. You know, retaliation for the whole backstage uh, parking lot incident, and then Jericho still saying like, "Hey, you know, without me, you haven't been winning matches, or you know, whatever. You beat Reigns, you beat Rollins, you beat everybody else." You ain't beat me, and then like now that'll, that'll be the, the official split where I think they they can have a very compelling match in in, that, in the in the Alamo Dome at, uh, at the Rumble. So if you're looking for a main event championship match for the Rumble, uh, Kevin Owens to me, I think Kevin Owens and, and and Chris Jericho would be the way to go because I think if if you don't have Jericho in the Rumble, I think a lot of fans would be cheering for Jericho to win the Rumble. Um, I think a lot of fans will be cheering for Goldberg to win the Rumble. And if you haven't Goldberg at, at almost 50 and Jericho mid-40s and the fans are chanting these two guys to, to win the Rumble and not your young talent, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think it goes both ways. I mean, it's great that Jericho is over and he's really rejuvenated his career. But then again... What does that say about the current roster? I mean, what does it say about the current roster that the most over guy right now in 2016 is a 50-year-old in Goldberg? What does that say about everyone else on the Raw side, even the SmackDown side, too? And it's not good. I mean, they've, they've built up a lot of new guys this year, which is great, um, but they're not, they don't have that superstar feel that a Brock Lesnar does or a Jericho or a Goldberg. And that's really all on creative. I don't blame these guys at all. They're all great athletes. They have the tools to be that superstar that WWE's been looking for for fucking years. But they just they don't come off like as big of a deal as those other guys I just mentioned. So it, it is, it's cool for Jericho, but it's also kind of sad at the same time, definitely. Uh, what else we got? Uh, new, uh, oh, yeah, Sheamus Cesaro had the little, uh, the, the little, the, the bar scene. And you kind of see them arguing in the beginning, and by the end, they beat everybody up in the bar, and they were kind of like on, on the same page, and um, kind of showing that they could be partners, they could be friends, they could work things out. Does that lead to them getting an, another tag team title shot at the New Day, possibly a roadblock because New Day defeated Gallows and Anderson again on Raw for the tag uh, tag belts? They defended the belts uh, correctly last week on Raw, and I, I think they're going to be defending those belts leading up to Roadblock. But does the is Sheamus and Cesaro the last stop for New Day at Roadblock? Because by, by by Roadblock they would they would have broken the record. Yeah, I think. I mean, I still maintain. I said this months ago. I still feel that Enzo and Cash should have been the team to take the titles off New Day. Uh, but at this point, they're busy with Rusev, whatever the fuck that's supposed to be. And it looks like Cesaro and Sheamus were screwed out of the titles at both Hell in a Cell and on Monday's Raw last week, not this week. So I, I do think the end game is them winning the titles. And, they, I mean, at this point, they kind of have to. Otherwise, what the fuck was the point of putting these two guys together? And they do have good chemistry as a team. The segment on Raw really was not that good this week, but that's not their fault. It's just awful writing. Um, but anyway, you know, I, I would put the belts on Cesaro and Sheamus. At some point after they break the record, either at Roadblock, on the Raw in Chicago, the final Raw of the year, whatever. But um, at this point, it's got to be Cesaro and Sheamus going after the belts at Roadblock. Because who else can? I mean, like I said, Enzo and Cass are busy with uh, with Rusev right now. The club lost. Decide. Or, I mean, I guess they got cheated out of the titles too on Raw. But I guess they could do a triple threat, maybe. I don't know. But either way, I do see Cesaro and Sheamus getting another shot at the belt at some point soon. And what did you make, real quick, what did you make of the Cruiserweight 205 Live going on at the SmackDown? I know 
you know, I, I'm guessing <clears throat> they're still testing things out. The crowd wasn't, uh, I think it got a little empty uh, after SmackDown. Or what, it it kind of kind of kind of dead in there. And I again, this is the first time they're doing 205 Live, uh, where Brian Kendrick lost the belt to Rich Swan. So Rich Swan is the new Cruiserweight champion. And we still have the Cruiserweights on Raw. 205 Live is at the SmackDown um, Live. Just want to get your take on the first episode of 205 Live. And um, does it create a um, a confusing dynamic that that's, gonna, that's still going to be at the SmackDown, but you still have the Cruiserweights on Raw? Yeah, I mean, like I told you a couple weeks ago, Randy, I feel like they would have been a lot better suited on SmackDown. They tape after SmackDown. Just put them on fucking SmackDown. I mean, there's really no difference. I know Raw is three hours, but are they really getting that much time on Raw? They're not. They're getting three-minute matches, the same amount of matches, the same amount of time they'd be getting on SmackDown. There's no point. That said, um, I thought the show was good. I thought it was a solid debut for 205 Live. I thought the main event really made the show. Um, Not only the title change, I thought the title change was kind of not necessary, but I, I, I thought it was not predictable. But I figured they would do something like that just to kind of establish that the show is must-see, anything can happen, blah, blah, blah. They kind of do this with all their new shows. Uh, but, no, yeah, I thought it was good. The main event was really, really well-wrestled. Good for Rich Swan for going in the belt. The guy's over, one of the few over guys in the Cruiserweight division right now. Uh, Jack Gallagher is really good, and the Bollywood boys are all right as well. It's just, as you said, like people are leaving after the show. No one wants to sit through if they don't have to sit through three hours of Raw, they wouldn't. They wouldn't leave if they knew that nothing was going to happen. And they know that other than on Tuesday, nothing's really going to, all that monumental is going to happen in this 205 Live show. And they came there to see SmackDown. They didn't buy tickets to see 205 Live. So if they don't tape it before, if they really want to do on the same days as SmackDown tapings, which they shouldn't, they should do it at full sale, but whatever, if, they're gonna really want, if they really want to do it the same day as the SmackDown tapings, do it before SmackDown, do it at 7 o'clock. And then do SmackDown at 8, also live. Like, that to me makes the most sense. They're going to be a lot more hotter for the Cruiserweights before SmackDown than they would be afterwards because people just did not care. They sat on their hands up until, like, the final five minutes of the main event. No one gave a shit just because they're already tired from from SmackDown. So, uh, no, again, I I thought it was a good show. There's still some tweaking to do. It's only one episode. Um, But I do think the show will die at death unless they change that time slot to either either before SmackDown or on Wednesdays before NXT or whatever, keeping at a full sale for a much more livelier crowd. Yeah, I'll just have it replace superstars or main event. None of us here on this show watch it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think they did do that. I think they did get rid of superstars to make room for 205 Live, but it's not airing at the same, uh, the same time slot. Superstars was on Friday. They're doing 205 Live after SmackDown. It just... I don't know. I would not tape it. I would tape it either before Raw or after or before SmackDown. If you tape it after Raw or after SmackDown, I guarantee you no one is going to give a shit just because they already watched Raw and SmackDown. They're tired. They don't want to stay for people they don't know. I mean, really, you, you know, you go from 8 to 10 for SmackDown. Then you, you, you're talking about 10 to maybe 11 at night for 205 all cruiserweights. Um, I, I think maybe they... <laughs> Their problem is that they, they, they're always adding new shows. And and I'm like, all right, so you have your Raw, your SmackDowns, your your, your Cruiserweight um, tournament tournament before. You have NXT. You have now 205 Live. You have Talking Smack. You have this shit called Storytime. Then there's, you know, Camp WWE. And it's like, yeah, how many shows do you have? Like, how many shows do people watch? And I'm like... The more you add, the more you forget that you. What happened to Countdown and fucking WrestleMania Rewind? And I know there's something else that they did in the beginning and they kind of fell off. But it's like, like I think you adding too too many shows is like, all right, listen, I can I can only do Raw and SmackDown, and your your pay per views on a weekly basis. Sometimes I'll throw back Raw, but I'm not gonna watch a lot of 205 Live. I don't I don't even watch NXT every week. I don't. I don't watch story time and all this camp stuff. As at some point, it's like you gotta stop adding, you know, adding these shows because the older shows get kind of lost in the shuffle. No, exactly. I think there's just way too much content. I mean, there is such thing as too much content and viewer fatigue, fan fatigue, and stuff like that. We're definitely starting to see that with a lot of the casual viewers. And I'm gonna watch everything regardless. There's a lot of people out there who won't. They'll just watch Raw if that. 
and then not watch anything else they have to offer just because they already offer X amount of hours of wrestling every single week. It's ridiculous. But, um, yeah, it seems like with the network, it's great they have a lot of content in the network. I'm not complaining about that. It's just the fact of the amount of wrestling they have. If they have more, like, original programming, like Table for Three, that shit's great. I have no problem with that. But the more original wrestling that we have, it's way too much. Like, from Raw, SmackDown, Main Event, 205 Live, NXT2, it's ridiculous. So they got to tone it back on that. And there's a lot of shows, like, like you said, they never really, you know, did again. Like, WrestleMania Rewind, Countdown. They had a couple shows. Like, I love how Holy Foley was such a riveting success. They only did five episodes and never released the rest of the season. Same thing with Camp WWE. They released only, like, four or five episodes and never the rest. If they did any more after that, and they just never acknowledged it. So, and I, actually, I don't know. It's just, I just because, funny. because they yeah, get tired of so it. so much content. They get tired of it. You know, after that little two, three, four-week buzz, of whatever show it is, even you know whether it's you know Edge and Christian show and it's this and it's that, it's the list and countdown and WrestleMania. WrestleMania Rewind has not been updated since 2014. I'm like, well, there's where all the fucking WrestleMania matches at. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of episodes they could do with WrestleMania Rewind, which was I thought it was weird why they never did it again. Like, why not just do? You can also do like a SummerSlam Rewind. There's enough history there. Or the Royal Rumble rewind, and they never did that either. So I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me. Yeah. Last point. It's like you know, if you were running the network, you know, timeline schedule, you would think like, oh, okay. For example, Survivor Series was a few weeks ago. You would think that in the weeks leading up to Survivor Series, you would put on old Survivor Series pay per views. But it's like, oh, tonight Survivor Series 2015. I'm like, dude, you can do 2009, 10, 11, 12, all back to back to back to back in a, in a two week process, but you just show the same Survivor Series and nobody wants to see 2015 Survivor Series because that shit was so whack. No, exactly. I mean, there's no, I mean, I've been saying this for years, but there's no consistency with this network at all. I mean, they did show, I know at one point they showed like the 1992 Survivor Series, but why that one? I mean, like, why not all the other Survivor Series? And why 2015? That show sucked. Like you said, that show was awful. Why would you show that one and not, like, 2014 when Sting came back or 2002 with the Chamber or 1996 when Psycho Sid won the belt from Shawn Michaels? Like, why not those shows? And they'll upload, like, it's just there's, there's, no, there's no real schedule. They'll just say, like, oh, we have a new episode of this, you know, this Thursday, but we might not have a new episode the next week. It's like there's no fucking consistency with any of these shows. Right. People, they wonder why people don't care. Hey, people who, who, who hear this, you know, we're just fans, man, and, you know, we might sound a little picky, but just I think it's just common sense. You know, if you're you know, doing things for the network, I think you have too many shows, and, you know, you know, I would say, like, for example, TLC's coming up. Well, we're kind of too late for that. Um, like TLC, you could show right now today the 09 TLC or favorite famous TLC matches leading up to the pay-per-view. Like, they could do stuff like that. But when you have, like, a nine-hour uh, pregame show and, like, eight-hour postgame show, it's like, all right, I get it. You want to promote what's going on. But um, anyway, I have no idea how we started talking about the network. I really don't. But, um... Oh yeah, the, the two hundred five stuff. So I mean, I I saw a little bit, uh, of the, you know, in in the in the beginning, did not really see the whole uh, cruiserweight championship match. I guess you know, just me seeing SmackDown for two hours. You know, there is basketball on, there is football on, and whatnot. TV shows that I don't want to be confined to just watching wrestling Monday and Tuesdays for three hours, and then you have talking smack right at the two hundred five. It's like I'd rather see talking smack right at the SmackDown. Exactly. It just there's no logic in having talking smack after a show. Talking smack after a show that has nothing to do with talking smack. And I loved your tweet that you put out on Thursday. That at this point, talking smack's going to air at midnight. And yeah. like, the show ended at fucking eleven thirty. That's like that's three and a half hours, and that's not even including like the SmackDown pre-show and all that other shit. It's like, oh my god, like it just makes no sense. That's why I think if they do two hundred five, they really want to do two hundred five, make it live, do it before SmackDown. Do yeah. SmackDown, 
and then do Talking Smack afterwards. I don't want to stay up until 11.30 watching something. It's like, when Talking Smack came out, I was like, oh, my God, I forgot, like, Talking Smack's on. I'm like, oh, shit, there's more shows to watch. Um, and I want to watch it just to stay up to date. And that's the thing, too. People also say, like, oh, why don't you just don't watch it? Because there's stuff happening in every single show that if you miss one thing, you miss everything. Because something's always happening. So that's the thing with these fucking shows. But, yeah, yeah just it makes no sense to do Talking Smack after 205 Live and and that's it's, why they it's do ridiculous. it. At least it's still live. Though. I will say, at least it's still live. And that's why they do it because they know people are still going to watch. So exactly, exactly. Um, Graham Matthews at Russell Rant on Twitter, the host of Russell Rant Radio and of Bleacher Report. Um, TLC is this Sunday. Hope you enjoy it, and um, I know we'll get together sometime next week. Absolutely. Just a cheap plug real quick before we, uh, before we end the hour here. Just want to say that going up tomorrow, depending on when people listen to this, on Bleacher Report, as you said, I do right for them. Mm-hmm. I got an exclusive interview with uh, Ring of Honor's Jay Lethal and the Ring of Honor world champion Adam Cole going up tomorrow on Bleacher Report. So people could check that out. I had a final battle tomorrow night. But nice. uh, in the meantime, though, as you said, TLC Sunday, it's going to be great. Looking forward to uh, analyzing it next week with you, Randy. Thanks a lot for having me on, as always. No problem, man. Anytime. Thanks, dude. Catch you on the road. All right.